Hey, this is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So let's pretend you're actually a Frostgrave wizard. Like mm-hmm. you've gathered up all sorts of scrolls, grimoires, books, like magical weapons. Okay. You've got them hidden away in your, like, in your keep. But mm-hmm. you figure someone's going to come and try and steal all these things from you. Okay. Just, I mean, that's what you're, you're selfish wizards. So someone's going to come someday. Someone's going to show up and try and steal all that crap from you. Cause you're going around stealing it from other people. So, you know, tit for tat. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. What would you, what would you do to, you know, prevent that safeguard it? You would lock it up. Okay. So you've got wood doors. Damn it. There's a limit. To yeah. That. You'd seal it up. You would make sure that no one can get in. Uh, and maybe because you're a wizard, you would, you want to, you like, like in the last man in the world kind of, what is it? The, the, what's that, sh- that show called? The Outer Limit? Not The Outer Limits. I don't, you got to give me more description here. Uh, Twilight Zone. Okay. I thought you were going fantasy. So, yeah. No, like the Twilight Zone. So you, you know, you're, there's no one there. You lock yourself up, and then uh, for the rest of the, the the time, you're just there by yourself, reading your scrolls and stuff, and being content as f. All right. So, so you would go the the hermit way. Yep. I think I think you'd be better off. Just you know, you've got all your scrolls. You've got your scroll of like fireball. You've got your healing scrolls. Uh huh. You know, you're you're helping scrolls, and you're you, like you need your scroll of eating plenty and drinking plenty. In yeah, my so plan. Yeah, you've yeah. got. Yeah, you've got your helpful scrolls and your attack scrolls. Oh, and disappear waste. Disappear waste. You need that scroll too. Oh, that's why it's gonna get gross. Otherwise, you've got to go outside for the outhouse, and they could get you then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you've got your like your healing scrolls and then your strike dead scrolls, you know, just just switch the names on the two scrolls. So when so when your jerk of an adversary wizard shows up, takes your healing okay. scroll, and you go to confront him, he goes and then just reads off the fireball scroll on, on <laughs> his himself and immolates immolates his guys and you're like ah sucker and, and you take them up. <laughs> okay switch all the names yeah okay yeah that, that makes sense that totally does make sense yeah. um the only problem is that you still already lost lost both those scrolls when that happens you did but at least you get even <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's fair yeah okay uh all right. So, I don't know how that ties into what we're talking about. Now. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. oh, 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 it kind of does about just becoming a hermit. Yeah, oh. yeah, okay, yeah. So, we, so that was just a side. Down. Okay, so that was just a, a thought that apparently you've had because you're, you've been uh, quarantining for a very long time. So, you've had a lot of time to think about, um, minute, uh, about our hobby. Uh, so our topic is is tangentially related about if all you have to do is hobbying uh, and you how are you going to maintain that hobby without the gaming aspect because you know you're not seeing anyone anymore you're like me the hermit not like you the guy that switched the scrolls to kill them if they come in and steal your stuff hopefully hopefully people aren't breaking into your place taking your stuff right now no, Hopefully it hasn't got that bad yet. But we have pre-recorded this podcast. You know, like when this comes out, the world might have gone to heck and maybe that's happening now. 
Yes, you might. I don't know how you're going to label your food differently. I feel like you know what's going to happen in your plan is that you're going to switch it and then you're going to go out for a month of, of whatever. You're going to come back and you're going to be like, oh man, I've, I've just hurt my, you know, I just got hurt in the previous battle. Where's my healing scroll? And you're going to forget you switched the scrolls and just going to cast fireball on yourself. I feel like that's going to happen more likely. There is a danger to living inside the upside <laughs> down world. Yes. You have to keep all the lies to it. Yes, that's right. All right. So, um, assuming you've survived your fireball, mm-hmm. now you, you're, you're stuck there, you're, you're alone. How do you... So, we've talked a lot, I guess, about how the general miniature gaming hobby has, is an... Is, a large group of different disparate hobbies that are tied together through miniature gaming, right? And there's the part where you stay at home, where you paint and you, you indulge your antisocial behavior where you're by yourself, maybe with a podcast or some music and you're assembling minis and stuff like that. But integral, as we've always said, is, is feeding that part of you that needs social interaction, right? To go out, to share, uh, the love and care you've put into the minis to put them on the table so that other people can see, to engage with your friends and talk with them and laugh and be t- together. Well, obviously, now that we're all quarantined, um, you can't do that gaming hobby portion. No, the, the social aspect has been put on the back burner a little bit. Yeah. So I guess from our background, there's different types of hobbyists out there to start with. But ours, uh-huh. I'd like to think that we were sort of the well-rounded hobbyists to start mm-hmm. with. And that it's now pushed more towards the, the hermit aspect of the hobby. Yep, totally. But it, but it doesn't true. have to. And we can get into that. But to like break down how I see like the different types of hobbyists that are out there. Like we were doing more various aspects of the hobby. Like sometimes we would just do painting pieces purely as painting pieces. But for the most uh-huh. part, it'd be painting like pieces for gaming, whether it's train or whether it's the models. Yeah. And just like going out playing different games. So we weren't just like only playing one game at a time mm-hmm. and going out to meet with people at the game store or meeting at people's houses to do games, doing hobby yep. meetups. Like we were doing, we were doing every aspect of the hobby. Yeah. yeah. I feel like part of, of the miniature gaming hobby is just being a hobby. And part of that hobby is like, going and meeting people who are into the same kind of thing to socialize, right? It became part of the way, like one of the ways that we would go out and socialize. And, you know, everyone does something different, right? Some people just like, I don't know, going to music, uh, uh, music concerts, right? To interact with people or just going to the bar just by itself. But for us, it was integrated, right? Mm -hmm. You go play some games, you kind of, you know, understand and, and and kind of get to know the people while playing games and then once you get to know them well enough or after two games you go out and go to the bar and talk some more right and that's that was kind of the a full the full portion of the hobby that i think tied everything together now we can't do that portion right no so what are you left with is the hobby is miniature gaming as a hobby dead in these quarantine times so we've we have kind of kept up with people in our infinity gaming group Mm -hmm. and and just other friends in the hobby in general by putting on a weekly like chat with other people to help like a lot to motivate ourselves 
and others just to keep other people motivated and to keep like the group alive. So. Yeah, I think we've mentioned that before. Like, even though we don't have that gaming portion, mm-hmm. there are ways that you can do the socialization without the gaming. Yep. I would say it's not as good because not nearly as many people want to come out to that, even though the barrier to doing it is much lower. Mm-hmm. And possibly originally more people were coming to do that, but that, that seems to fatigue with time. Mm. Uh, it gives people a bit of motivation to sort of... Maybe you should tell them more ideas about how you would, if you're a Frostgrave wizard, different situations where you can <laughs> where you can stop people from stealing your stuff. And maybe that'll keep them motivated. Every day it's like, so today you're a Frostgrave wizard and this is the problem that you're trying to solve. Maybe that'll keep things interesting. That just sounds like playing D&D. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I talked about that too. That's one of those things. So, yeah, so, so this is a thing. So like we talk about, so, so gaming is no longer a thing. Now we are well-rounded people. So I guess we, we've replaced some of that socialization, but do we want to talk about like, there's one thing I think a lot of people who are mostly the gamer side, I think we've, We've kind of separated in some ways uh, into disparate parts, right? Yeah, because I guess to backtrack a bit or back on track, that like some people are more interested in different parts of the hobby than others. As I said, like we're pretty well-rounded, I like to think, in terms of uh-huh. parts of the hobby we enjoy. Whereas some people are more into it for the competitive aspect. And that like sure you think of video games being more competitive than tabletop games. But there's the whole thing that like meeting a person face-to-face and actually playing the game one-on-one with them is just more engaging than playing a video game. So even competitive people might not want to turn to that fix of like getting a really good game into to just playing video games. There's something that Mm -hmm. tabletop games have that lacks. So, So if we're looking at it on the other end, so we're in the middle and then you have these two other poles, right? You have people who are mostly in it for the hobby aspect, right? And, and just to be clear, the, the different aspects we generally talk about is the min, like the hobby, miniature gaming, then you have painting, you have the world, right? Living in the world and then you have, and the, you could say sometimes people say call it fluff and then you have the gaming aspect, right? Which I guess you could also say, and then you have socialization, right? Yeah. For specifically the gaming group um, I feel like the people that are primarily there to game, I think it's, they have to deal with that aspect of not being able to meet up for a game. Right. And of course, like we said, all of these things go into what make the miniature gaming hobby so good. But mm-hmm. when you remove that gaming aspect, um, it, the people that are mostly for, for there for that have to find some other way to deal with that. Right. And so they go into like, um, you know, they're, they're the ones that are pushing more the, um, what do you call it, tabletop simulator if they want to play miniature games. Or like you said, they just go into video games, right? Yep. And and then that's why you lead to people who are like, well, technically the reason why they play these miniature games was for the social aspect or these other things. And now, obviously, if you play on tabletop simulator or you play uh, on like a video game, which is not even with your miniatures, you lose all of those things, right? And then it becomes less desirable in general. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Those those people, I'm not sure because we were saying there's sort of the two camps: the gaming side 
there's probably more than two camps. But the big camps yeah. you think about are the two camps of the the gamers, and then the hobbyists. The, the hobbyists. The, but then there are the people who are out there for the they enjoy the social aspect. They're they're nerds like us, and they want to talk about nerd yeah. shit. And you find let, let's be real, like that is totally me too. Like that is a huge reason why I like doing this, right? Yeah. It's and like this is why that like Monday, like, you know, having that, that, that group where we talk about things is so good to me for the hobby. Cause sometimes I don't even want to talk about miniatures. I just want to talk about other nerd shit. You're like, Oh, did you hear about the new episode of Mandalorian? Well, no, there's, there's plenty of people about in our gaming group who will be like, Oh, I can't make it early, but I'm just going to show up at eight 30, not get a game in and then just hang out after. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. That's a major important thing for them. They're worth, it's worth getting on transit and coming down. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I've done it. I've done it many times where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to make it, but I'm still going to go out, you know, you go out, hang out at the bar and everything like that, that socialized aspect. You got to talk about, you, you hang out with your, your nerdy friends who are like the, the nerdiest group of people you know, mm-hmm. including yourself, right? It's like, you know, like, you know, I can't go and talk with a lot of my other friends about all this nerd shit <laughs> basically they won't put up with it like god oh, you're talking about what well, i don't know like uh star wars again you know how old that movie is like no we're talking about the extended universe this time <laughs> <laughs> exactly whereas when you go after after with with your miniature gaming group you can you can basically at least seven out of 10 of the people there are going to be like, yeah, let's go deep dive into the star Wars universe. Even if they don't know about it, they will, they will be interested and they will engage. Yeah. They'll be interested in the general topic. So yeah, those people, I don't know what they're supposed to do. I kind of feel bad. (laughs) I don't even know what they do. I guess they're playing. They're the group that's playing on uh, tabletop simulator and stuff. Right. Cause there's a little bit of social aspect. Cause you, cause on tabletop simulator, you're talking to each other. And there's like discord chats and people even show up to watch their games and chat with them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So maybe that probably scratches their itch for that aspect of the hobby. So Mm -hmm. I can't condemn them for playing the inferior hobby less boards. But that's all you have. And that's the main reason why, or, or or I guess one of the vital reasons why you like the hobby. Mm -hmm. I can see why like basically that trickle or that like, I don't know, you call it, like uh, swamp water is better than no water at all. <laughs> so it's like, uh, this is, this will just help me survive, I guess. And if it kills me, at least, you know, it help. It, at least I don't die from, from thirst. So. That is kind of interesting that there, like, cause we, unlike going to the tabletop simulator or other just video games and chatting with people and nerdy stuff, we weekly put on the hobby chat where, cause we like, doing a hobby in quite a bit, probably more than the people who have done that mm-hmm. and paint stuff or build terrain or whatever else and then mm-hmm. chat. But there are a few people who just show up and like, Oh, I'm just, you know, eating or hanging out or I've got to like, sometimes you have to keep doing work, but you're like, Oh, I just, just, if there's, if I want to interject, I'm here socializing mm-hmm. but yeah. while doing something else. So yeah. those people, I guess have two directions to go to. They're basically forced to join one of the two other camps to get their fix. They've yeah. got to be pulled I, one I've got to say, like, I don't know. I feel like as I've gotten older, I care almost the important. It's not that I, I care 
less about the gaming aspect. I still need to get the gaming aspect in, but I care more about the socialization and the hobby aspect. Mm-hmm. So my heart has just grown three times. And so I've replaced the, those two pieces of heart are now in two different pieces of, of, of stuff I want to do. Um, so. Yeah. Cause yeah. I found the people who are more going towards a tabletop simulator route, like have a pretty active discord going to where they talk about more uh-huh. theory crafting, all that. Whereas yeah. we're, we're a little less into the theory crafting as the hobbyist. So maybe there's a bit of. Yeah. I think maybe we're not as into the games as we were when we were younger. I think, I think that's actually a thing. And, and I don't mean like, as you get older, you just get less into it. It's just, we specifically are less into it. Relatively speaking. Right. And like I said, I don't know if it's, we're less into it or if we're more into the other aspects as we've gone deeper in, right. The social aspect and the, the, I don't, I don't think we, I think we started getting it like before with the social aspect, you know, when we were teenagers, like we literally saw each other every day at school and stuff like that. And so we'd go and play and technically I guess that is the social aspect, but like we didn't use that to let's say um, expand our social group or see other people. Right. We were playing literally against each other in the basement, right. In our mom's basement, like as, as the saying goes. Um, But now that we are, uh, older you know like you to be able to i don't know have a general way to socialize with people or to even meet new people right and and and, you know you you need some sort of glue right to bring people together especially if you don't know each other right and i think this hobby this miniature gaming hobby is one of those ways right yeah so the hobbying aspect of it, it's harder to get people together. Like some new people have actually been joining like tabletop simulator as ways to learn, which surprised me when I heard it. And I know it surprised you, but like, I guess people have more time on their hands. So they're taking that avenue to get into the games. Yeah. But no one, I don't think is getting into the hobby chats. Like people <laughs> I'm sure go buy like games, workshop kits and paint them and all that. But I don't, if they don't have an existing community, I don't see them like, they might engage on forums and all that. That's not like the greatest way of having discussions and just like branching off into other topics and, so- and socializing. Okay. So this is one of those things I've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, but on, I've been, like I said, I've been watching a lot of YouTube and like, you know, like the new talk radio is YouTube. Right. So um, I hear a lot of, of, I've expanded out of miniature gaming YouTubers because, like, honestly, there are not that many, right? Like, like we said, there's like, uh, there's like, out of people who who release regular content is like, Gorilla Miniature Games, Ash Barker, uh, and then you have Uncle Adam from Tabletop Minions, right? Mm-hmm. Who are just talk more generally about the hobby, and then you have a whole bunch of channels who like literally are just recording their their games workshop 40k games and putting them online which i have no desire to watch right and then you have the 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 podcaster slash like the 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 40k podcasters who literally just talk about 40k and the new whatever kind of meta that came in i don't find that that interesting either or the new list building all that yeah every game has those (laughs) yeah so i've been that is to say um i've been 
getting into a lot of different YouTubers from all sorts of different uh, hobbies. And so there's these Magic the Gathering YouTubers, which even though I have not played Magic the Gathering in like at least 10 years, right? Um, that's not true. I played online recently because of these YouTubers though, right? Um, one of them, or a couple of them actually, but one of the ones that I, I, I follow uh, a like I listen to because he's just he's just entertaining when he talks, right? He's funny and whatever. His name is like Pleasant Kenobi. That's not his real name. Um, <laughs> but then he just started getting into uh, Warhammer, and then he started like in his in his YouTube. He's a content creator, I guess. I guess that's his job. Um, every Wednesday, he releases instead of a Magic the Gathering thing, he he releases a, a Warhammer podcast. Oh, it's like okay. yeah, it was like fucking weird, and and I was watching him before he got into it. It's just like, I guess because of the lockdown, he's like, well, I can't go out and do the whole socialization thing. So I'm going to get into back into, and, and I think he did do Warhammer before, but he was like, oh, I got back into this hobby after like, I assume he was into the hobby when he was a teenager or, or younger, just like us. And then he got back into the hobby and is like, I don't know, he's, he always says he's like 21 or something. I don't know how old he is. So does it sound like he actually intends to play the game or is he just there for the miniatures? He just released a Wednesday, Warhammer Wednesday. Again, now Wednesday is always a Warhammer uh, 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 YouTube video. He released, just recently released one and said, I have 10,000 points of Blood Angels. Okay, maybe he had some of them before. No. I what? saw his first video. He's like, oh, I just got back into this hobby. I bought this thing, and this is how I'm going to start out. And, and, and he, I gave him even more cred when he released a video about, like, games workshop, like, things that, that I wish I knew. And one of them was, like, um, or, or top five shitty games workshop products or something like that. And one of them was contrast paint. So I was like, yeah, this guy knows what's up. <laughs> Oh, wow. Chess face were totally oversold. Not that they're terrible, but they're like a supplement as opposed to a main thing. And it's crazy yep. that although, although I guess technically we know someone who, who, who mostly uses contrast paints to paint his army, to paint his army. And I was like, whoa, really? It's crazy. But, well, I'm trying to figure out what that technique can be done to, to uh, make but I wouldn't use Games Workshop paints they're so fucking expensive no it's, it's, the it's like twice as expensive as their normal paints yeah it's the the idea of using a wash to do a lot of your legwork yeah and i don't understand That's why awesome. contrast paints would be so much more expensive than normal paint but in any case why did i mention this because i'm saying that people do get into the hobby basically just yeah. through the hobby aspect and through engaging with different online communication tools right it's not just the gaming i think people do engage you 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 with the uh online content and the on and you know that there's like a lot of people that because this magic the gathering uh youtuber got into it they decided to go and look at what this games workshop 40k stuff is all about and they probably started collecting and painting and stuff as well yeah it just becomes hard for those people to engage with it like that guy can put out youtube content and get comments back but the people who maybe he encourages to go and do it, like they don't have much back and forth. They get a one-way flow of information from him and other sources, but they're, they're kind of missing the Discord, though, is a thing. It, so I guess he, 
Did he set up a Discord server for other people? To I don't run? know. I'm not that into him. <laughs> he could. No, he could. Like, lot, lots of those YouTubers set up Discord yeah. channels. Yeah. They're, they're people to go back and forth, which yeah. I guess like creates a way of having communities online because even mm-hmm. like for the hobby, it really does help to get feedback on the, the hobby element of it. I'm talking about not like the, the gaming element. That helps too, but yeah, for the hobby, and, it helps and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook groups, I think, is an important way, excuse me, where people uh, really engage with others, right? And you could think that the people that are really into the hobby aspect, it's going to attract more people who are more antisocial, right? Or who don't, yeah, basically, who don't want to engage as much directly with people. But of course, people still want to share their stuff, right? And so the entire medium of groups and posts with pictures is a good way to uh, engage with people as opposed to like the normal conversational aspect, right? A lot of these people, I'm sure, you know, you, you talk with your normal friends, your, your, your spouses, your family, right? Uh, and then when you want to share your content, you just share it online. And that's the, this other aspect of their life that they're going to mm-hmm. do engaging differently, right? Yeah. It's just unfortunate. You're probably engaging with anonymous people you don't actually know. So it's, it's, yeah, that's, well, yeah. It's not as good, and the bigger the I find that the bigger the Facebook groups or forums get, the less inclined I want to be to post stuff to them because then the feedback's all just random. It's too fast as well. Like, there's like probably an ideal size of group for interactivity. It's like once you get too big, the the your feed, like the the amount of content generated, is going to scroll by so fast. Like even if you have something that is highly engaged, if if like there's literally posts every minute, it's gonna fall off after at least like definitely after a day, right? Unless you you literally just flame someone out and you turn it into a flame war. Even if everyone is like, oh my god, that was freaking amazing, they're not gonna come back the next day after they've liked it and say, I like it again. No, <laughs> there's, there's gonna it. be there's gonna be yeah. no back and forth discussion because if a hundred posts have appeared between your previous yeah. post and that. It's now just gone. So there's no. Yeah. And all the love you got was that whatever, 50, 100 likes or whatever. Maybe it happened in the first. (laughs) That's it. Exactly. And so, yeah, I I can totally agree that it's sometimes hard and and not as rewarding when you don't get to engage with people afterwards and they talk through things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because even you and I talking before this, we're talking about what we're creating. It's like, oh, this went wrong. You can show each other like pictures of stuff and like, oh, yeah, I didn't this needs to get tweaked this way. And then you, you just improve that way because you have immediate feedback yeah. rather than the sort of fleeting feedback of like, you don't even know if you're going to get any feedback. You put stuff out there and it just may, may become lost. Yeah. Yeah. Likes, maybe you even get dislikes. Maybe you get barfy faces and then that's all you get. But it doesn't actually help you in any way. You're just like, oh, people notice me. Yay. It doesn't actually help your hobbying. <laughs> quality i think i think it does help because it is a feedback loop and and it's it's the idea of sharing and because you also appreciate when someone else puts um something that's really cool looking on the the on the the group Mm -hmm. the fact that when you and and then you like it right the fact that they also uh like it um like they like your thing you know that it's something like how you did you like their work. So there is that feedback and say, Oh, people appreciate it. And then you, and you know, we're, we're communal animals knowing that, you know, 
you increased, I don't know, the happiness or the engagement or the, the, the joy of someone else looking at your cool shit makes you happy, right? Yep. That part's good. But like for the work in progress where things are kind of at like a, an ugly stage. Oh no, but there are some people that post things in work in progress. And when they do it too much, I'm like, fuck, why are you posting it halfway done? You already did that. Why? Okay, great. You put on, you glued one more popsicle stick on like is go and like create a blog or something where you have like your thousand steps to create this fence. Right. So I, I can totally see what you're getting at is like, sometimes it's too much and sometimes it's, but, but you know, like what the, the thing you really, you know, sometimes when it's just, you know, tasteful and when they know, you know, like one, two, three kind of posts, right. Start middle finished. I really enjoy that. I really like it. Yeah, that, that's okay. But you so don't know I, what feedback, you can't ask for a specific feedback usually. Mm-hmm. The pictures don't and, do and, as much justice and, often. And it is true though that like the longer you're on a Facebook group, the the more you get to know the people, right? Mm-hmm. And so especially the people that post a lot, you kind of engage with with those people you talk and if if you guys have some sort of connection about oh you know i liked i like this thing how did you do that you know oftentimes they'll respond and there is there is something and of course you like you're right it's not going to be the same thing as face to face uh where they can actually look at it in person as opposed to through pictures especially considering you know taking even though everyone has a phone now and can take decent pictures well and your phone can take decent pictures um it's never the same as seeing it in person Right. No, there's ways of painting things that look good in photos, and there's ways of painting things that look good in in person. Real life. And they're not always the same thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like the sludge water uh, hobbyists who are playing on tabletop simulator, right? You just got to take what you can get, right? You got to drink that sludge water and enjoy it and, the, and be thankful for the fact that you have at least sludge water and not no water, right? Yep. <clears throat> so... Um, and I do actually enjoy it even when I can drink normal water, you know, some, sometimes, like, like I said, it's a good, it's a decent supplement. So I, I and, and again, this is like, a lot of these things are, are like the socialization aspect of the hobby, right? Like we said, part of the hobby is the socialization. Yeah. I guess the way that we're talking about it makes it sound like this hobby is three prong, right? You have your social aspect, you have your gaming aspect and you have your hobby aspect, right? So those are probably the big three. Yep. Gaming the way that we want to do it. Technically you can still do this sludge water tabletop simulator thing, but we're like, this is not even worth it doing. So if we remove that, what we get left with is your socialization and your hobby aspect, right? And the hobby, the socialization aspect, I think basically Facebook groups, like we said, forums, which is sludge water, fine. And then we have these meetups where we talk and we just hang out, like you said, right? Yes, yeah, so we talk about what we were working on. It's almost more like you're becoming the model train diorama makers without, mm-hmm. without it being a war game. Like the whole goal of creating an army becomes a bit different almost, I found. Yes, that's totally both- true. You and I have both taken right now to doing bigger terrain projects that you might not otherwise be considering. Because when you're playing towards gaming, like, I want to get this next, this model just came out. I want to get it on the board. I'm going to buy it, get it painted. That's going to be priority number one for my hobbying. But instead, without the weekly or monthly gaming, 
you're no longer working towards that goal. So it's like, oh, I'll just do something that takes months now. Because who, yep. who cares? You take bigger chunks, right? Yeah, and this is definitely one of those things. Without the gaming, your, your enti- our entire hobby has changed, like you said, to model train people or literally like um, – there's a group that one of our friends basically shifted into, right? Even though we, we could go meet and game because he decided he didn't like games at all, um, is the people who are just into the miniature painting hobby. And we've mentioned these guys before, like you even attended with him, right? Like there's a group in Toronto, right? That is literally just about miniature painters. Yeah, and there used to be physical meetups until that hobby store closed because the group yeah. was sort of headed by the owner of that store who retired closed up shop because he was older but like that took the group apart somewhat though they oh, really it, i didn't i didn't realize that yeah well it transitioned to online and it's doing all right but it's harder to attract people to that mm. to that format i found but yeah so but was, so this is one of those things where like now we are just miniature painters we are no longer <laughs> miniature gamers right mm-hmm. uh, at least for now right and we can talk and dream about it but if we're not playing on tabletop simulator and we're not seeing each other to play like unless you live in a household where you know you have other miniature gamers or you can like force the people in your household to play which mm-hmm. you know can be easier or harder depending on the people that you live with um you, you're that's all we have. We just have the hobby aspect. So, so how does that, how has that changed now for, uh, for us? You said we have bigger projects. How do the, has it, do you think that the way you keep motivated has changed or do you think it's just like, you just never get this aspect. And so I don't know, everything else is the same. Well, the motivation basically before was get that many on the table uh-huh. Now it's more like trying just like achieve this artistic vision as opposed to as opposed to like finishing is not the biggest goal. Like there'd be things I'd be doing because I'm building a castle table more or less, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there be might be taking shortcuts to get it on the board sooner if we were actually going to show up and play with it in the game store. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like oh, just try out different techniques and keep doing mock-ups to perfect things. Mm. So it has become more about the hobby than about getting it ready for play. Yeah. So I feel like basically your end goal, like at first it was, oh, I'm going to have this done by the time we come back to after quarantine. But that has been pushed out so far because of the stupid second wave. Like we did play a couple of games when the wave was down, but now the wave is like, super high up again we're like okay so this might go on forever until literally back everyone is vaccinated right you would, you would not go in the game store basement without a vaccination <laughs> yeah with, without having vaccinations widespread so like almost everyone is vaccinated as opposed to like i'm the only one with a vaccine you're still gonna have it carried in your system right even if you don't get sick so um to me um yeah so basically Without that kind of motivation, the way I think of, like you said, the way, the, the, the end goal of your, your project is basically a display piece on your shelf or a diorama, right? This is the way I think about it, right? Like 
and single player, right? This is the, one of the things like we're, we, we've worked on and we've, we've done like single player missions. So you can play it on your own and we can kind of work those things out, right? Which is definitely very fun and things you can do to, to do that gaming aspect. Although, again, I've fallen back into playing video games for the gaming aspect, which is terrible, mm-hmm. honestly. But like one of my coworkers, basically, we both got into the same game. And, and now that's been, that, that's taken a lot of my nights, I'm just all I'm saying. So don't do that. At least there's if a I could, If I could take it, yeah, yeah, exactly. It totally is. Part of it is social. The only problem is that after the social aspect is done, because, you know, video games are supposed to, you know, they're made to be, like, you know, addictive and kind of stuff like that, right? And it's not just that. It's just I have a kind of, like, addictive personality. So, like, even after we're done playing together, I'm like, and he's a lot better than me on this game, right? It's League of Legends. If anyone's, like, it's not an old game. This is, like, literally the biggest game in the, the world, I think, or at least one of them. Uh I, I feel like I have to train up, right? You get the feeling. That's why people play games, right? Like, that and that's why I stopped playing games because I know I do that too. Terrible. It's terrible. And like League of Legends is so... Anyways, let's not talk about that. But the whole point is um, there are ways that you can play single player and I think that's a great way to do it in, in, in the quarantine time. But besides that, when I create my board, I'm not creating my board for a single player, although that's, that's in my mind. And because we are creating the missions, I'm actually more almost thinking about creating the missions to, to, suit, to, to suit my, the terrain I've made. Well, that's why I think some of the missions should suit a lot of that like Mantic pre-box stuff they sell, but we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the, the dog or the dog wagging the tail or the tail wagging the dog. Uh-huh. Like in yeah. this case, the tail needs to wag the dog because we're okay. I think that isn't the whole point. Okay. Anyways, yes. All right. Um, Sorry. Yeah. So yeah, my phone just restarted and created feedback. Anyways, whatever. Yeah. So I'm just thinking like for the the reasons why I paint this. So 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 I I think back to. Um, so obviously the diorama or the, the display piece is very obvious, right? You're painting it so that your enjoyment is once it's done. First of all, obviously, there's always the fun of painting it, right? Like if it wasn't fun to do, I wouldn't do it. But on top of that, I'm painting towards literally putting it on my bookshelf where I've set up, you know, the pot lights and shit like that. So that I put it on it and I fucking stare at it for like five minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. And then every once in a while when I'm passing by, I just look at it and I appreciate it, right? So like any artwork, basically. Yep. Except for that one, it's just like, yay, I, I did half of that. I'm sure I didn't sculpt it or design it or whatever, but I put the paint down on it. And so that's the enjoyment I get, right? Well, I was that's, crazy full on built buildings. So I'm like, I did build that. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's the kind of thing, right? Or, or it's the diorama thing. And I think that's part of the, the building thing is that I feel like the idea of making that of just the imagining how it'll look like when you have the little guys on this board, this diorama, like you said, the train thing, right? It's the idea of just having that there. And one of the things that I think really helps, helped motivate me and why I'm more in the terrain is like, even if I'm not playing the single player mission, right? Just putting that board down, laying out all my guys into like a little diorama, walking around it, enjoying the look. I literally, like, when I finished my, um, one of my forest tables, I literally just put it onto my coffee table and left it there for a week. 
right, with miniatures. And I would just go by and look at it. There's no game on it. I literally just laid it out. Literally like, um, like, uh, I don't know what, when you're young and you just like staring at it. Right. Mm -hmm. And and basically it's just diorama, honestly, except that it's reassemblable because each piece is terrain that you can put together. Right. On, On top. And I just love looking at it for a week. And then I got bored of it in a packed it away, right? But like, that's the kind of thing that I'm looking forward to. Like, even if it's not directly made to be like a one use diorama, just having the idea of setting it up and looking at it for a while is totally worth, worth it. Even if it's not permanent. Yeah, no, but sort of interesting to show it off eventually. Like I don't intend yeah. to bring it to the game store all the time because it's so big. Yeah. That you're just not going to bring it. You'll bring it like once. Twice, but. but but here's my point is that laying it out on my coffee table was for no one but me only i'm seeing that right but it was enough right i didn't have to i wasn't thinking about you know it's quarantine you're not going to be able to show it to anyone except unless you take pictures and put it online right so but like any piece of artwork it was for me to enjoy not not any piece but like for artwork, right? When you buy artwork and you take it home and you put it on your wall, you why are you doing that? It's so that when you pass by or when you look at it every once in a while, you get some sort of enjoyment out of it. The same kind of thing is even if you're not playing the game with the miniatures and everything like that and someone else is not coming, if you lay out your diorama, your mini diorama, you could say, with your terrain and with your miniatures set up, it's that kind of piece of artwork. You're kind of making it artwork for you to look at for a while well it's like building an army too like you might build a whole bunch of things for the army and you're like Mm -hmm. i don't know if i've ever played that piece but just the whole idea is like yeah i have this composition for the Mm -hmm. army i own all these pieces yes i like my this is my army and it's complete they can fight all painted and everything like that yeah my orcs i haven't played with all my orcs out but when I, whenever I complete a piece, I'll take out all of my orcs and lay them out on a table to have like a giant army and just look and be like, yeah, this is my entire thing. I think we mentioned this before. Part of the fun of miniature games is just to get all of these miniatures and put them onto the table, right? Yep. So, and lay them out. So you're like, yeah, this is my army. Well, technically you don't have to have the game and, and technically right now you can't because there's no games to play because you're quarantined. But you can still get that fun of just laying out your entire army, hopefully on some sort of terrain or at least some board, and then just looking at it and enjoying it, taking it all in, like any piece of art. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about, because the new edition of Infinity came out. It's like, okay, what army would I build? And then I was like, oh, I could build armies that play differently from the one I play now. But then I'm like, I don't really care to paint this, because it's just purely for the play style. Whereas I'm like, oh, what would look cool to build like the army that would look cool on the board, not necessarily play well. I'm more inclined to build something that look cool and different than my existing armies. That's why you assembled Druze? <laughs> no, the, the Druze were before this edition came out and before the pandemic. Okay, but they, they do they, suck play-wise. <laughs> yeah, they're a handicap. They're a handicap army because I'm just so good at the game that I had to handicap myself. <laughs> okay, sure, okay. Or, or it's like training. Like I'm just going to, if you're going to like, handicap yourself and like train up to play as well as you can you're not asking did the army win this for me or did i win it if you play the <laughs> it really was all crappy, me. yeah play a really crappy army and everybody knows it they're like this dude just won because he's good 
and you know you yeah. did. Okay, so so technically, and I know there's gonna be like people are like, oh no, Drews. What are you talking about? Drews won some some sort of you know big tournament, and and you're saying no, some guy won a big tournament, and they proved it by playing with Drews. Exactly. Fair enough. But then they made them better, so it's less of an accomplishment. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So since you can't play for um, play style, that basically doesn't like, factor in on what you choose. Yeah. Yeah, because that Drew's army was a play style. It's called play style of handicapping yourself, putting <laughs> a hand behind your back. Yeah. Whereas now I'd be like, I only want to build something for the the different aesthetic, which okay. is why I serve another army. So I, I do have a question now. Um, so uh, we, because we're not doing it for gaming at all, uh, are there different, and, and you know, I, I mentioned some ways that kind of to, to enjoy the miniatures you paint while still painting them in a way that can be used once the quarantine is over for miniature gaming, right? Like if you set up a table with your miniatures and your terrain, that's all still, that's all the same stuff you're going to be creating for after the uh, pandemic, right? It's just that you can enjoy it now by, by doing it in that way. Are there things that you feel like you're doing now that are basically, you would not have even thought about or things you want to do now that you wouldn't even thought about doing uh, if it was, you know, if there was no quarantine? Well, yeah, like, like oh. your castle, your castle is technically terrain for playing miniature gaming, right? Yep. But is there portions, let's say maybe even portions of the castle that you will basically know you'll never use and it's literally just there so that you can have a complete castle or something? No, the, it's, it's pretty functional. <laughs> I'm a functional guy, so it's pretty functional. Okay. <laughs> it has opening doors and everything like that. Yes, it does. All the doors on the ground for it. Open and close. It's Warlock, Warlock Tiles makes them. Okay. Okay. So, so there is one thing for me at least, and maybe this will spark ideas for for things in your, I guess, hobby. Um, have you heard? Like, so there's one thing that I kind of want to do now that I would never have thought of doing before. Although maybe I would now that I know know about it. Um, but have you heard of a, a? I think it's called a book nook. Are they like those library things that sit around outside? No. No. This is inside your. It own is a diorama. It's like a book shelf. What do you call it? Bookcase, bookender. What do you call those things? For your bookshelf, but it is. It's like in the shape of a book, and it's literally a diorama, the shape of a book. Generally, a fat book, right? Yep. And it's a diorama. It's basically it. Oh, the things that stop your books from falling over. Yes. I don't, what do you call this again? I don't know because I, I, my <laughs> shelves are so full, I don't need them anymore. <laughs> yes, exactly. For me too. Uh, so basically, but the idea of it is like you create a little diorama, right? The size of a book, which to me is, when I've seen them, it's so cool. It's like <laughs> if you have one for your Harry Potter shelf, right? You'll have a little Harry Potter diorama as one of the bookenders right? Hmm. Of Diagon Alley, let's say. And I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. Or if you have your, all your D&D books, right? Mm -hmm. Dungeons so and Dragons books, you'll have a little diorama of Dungeons and Dragons. So are they in like a square glass container? Because otherwise they're going to get dusty. 
No, just like any kind of thing. You probably just spray it down with, with uh, the spray or whatever, right? I'm just but you can't. No, generally they're not, mm. right? They're just open, and then you just have to vacuum them like you vacuum uh, anything. But it's open. Cool. It's well, yeah. That's like anything, though, right? So it's like it's like um, maybe three, four inches wide. Mm. It's a four inches wide, eleven inch, I guess, or ten inch uh, tall diorama. That you slide in, and then, then obviously because it's it's its own thing, you have to have it. It has to have its own lights, right? And you just slide it in, and it looks so cool and awesome. And again, it's just another way that you can enjoy miniature painting and art and stuff like that in a way that can fit into your bookcases. If you like outside of your dedicated miniature display cabinet, which often gets too filled. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of what sort of like aquarium could be inverted flipped upside down oh yeah i have a fish tank too what what poor animal would live in a very vertical tiny tank you don't have an animal you have a miniature that is inanimate so you don't have to torture it i know the only one i can think of is a spider maybe oh the ant like an anthill thing you buy an ant farm and then yeah but then you're only seeing the the thin edge right instead of the the wide one for ant farms yeah, that's fine. It's just a deep, it's a deep sort of diorama thing. Yeah. Yeah, but then you only seeing one edge. Like the whole point of the ant farm is you're supposed to see the side panel, so you can see all the different things. Well, you got to switch it up for miniatures. It's a, it's a deep diorama. Things just keep going into it. Yeah, but then it shouldn't actually be actual ants. You're talking about real ants, right? Inside, miniatures inside an ant farm. You, the container you use, I'm thinking about. Oh. Make, it, I think people just make them. It's not hard, right? It's just a um, bunch of plexiglass. Just, if you want a square, uh, yeah. So if you want it to be glass on one side, yeah, you just put a fucking piece of uh, plexiglass. Okay, mm-hmm. you do have to have tools, so you can't be like. So you can do it with a knife. It'll just take longer. The miniature hobby is about adapting things to work in the hobby. I feel like I want to get something off the shelf. It's like really good for this. You purpose. wouldn't just use hardboard and cut it to size. And then glue it using uh, glue. If I want a glass, square glass case around it. And that's just like, just buy a fish tank. It might be too big though. Well, you fit your entire fucking cube or whatever. I actually have a fish tank. A lot, a lot of fish tanks are made to like fit into basically a bookcase on one, like the wide ones, right? Yep. On one level. So I do have one. I just, I honestly already did this before. It's just, I never, never completed it. It's one of those, because you're watching this quarantine, and I guess now maybe I would. Yeah, so this is one of those things that I, I feel like I really, really want to do. Um, just because it's really cool. It sounds like a fun thing. Maybe I even give it, give it to, as a present or something to someone who doesn't, who's not, because it's like related to books, you can even get people who are just like book nerds. Mm-hmm into kind of the thing right so it's like your typical diorama but it has a a vertical piece on one side to stop things from crushing it i think it has it on all sides so it slides in there Hmm. okay and some of the fat some of them have like a big ass fat book and then it's like in the middle of the book you cut out the spine or something like that interesting it's just a really cool um I think it's a cool idea and a cool kind of look. Um, 
and it's just another way that you can can create dioramas that are useful and maybe more tasteful. One of the problems when you have your display cabinet of miniatures is a lot of miniature gamers want to display too many miniatures. Very true. Mm -hmm. And they don't realize they actually just need a second cabinet, display cabinet, or they don't realize they have too many miniatures. <laughs> you just got to pack some away, man. Like you got to be like a museum and rotate. If you have 10 miniatures and your display cabinet only has enough space for one or two, that means this, I don't know, October showing is these two. And then at the end of October, you take them out and you put in your November showing, right? You don't try and stuff all 10 miniatures in there so they're right next to each other and look terrible. Which, by the way, is what I do. I can, I'm just looking over at myself right now. <laughs> I have way too many, but, but I know that it's raw. Mm -hmm. But you just don't have more storage. You run out of foam. Yeah, I got to buy more boxes and stuff like that. I was actually trying to buy more like shoebox stuff to, with more like sections to put in actual miniatures. Yeah, well, battle foam does that well. Anyhow. Yeah. So anything we think we missed, larger projects, I'll probably just do some straight up bust painting or 75 millimeter miniature painting mm -hmm. at some point over the winter. Anything else? Oh, I do have a, a 75 millimeter. I just have too many things. To me, it's like all the terrain stuff. I think that'll, that'll take me through a lot of time. It'll just get bigger and bigger until I have a full three by three uh, tropical board with multiple different ways to do it. Um, anything else? So if you were building army lists, where would you discuss them right now? Like if you were thinking of starting a hobby project for the purpose of playing later, I guess you could talk about it on forums if you didn't have a, an immediate hobby group. Yeah, the same kind of way that we, we talk about miniatures and share that stuff, Facebook groups and stuff like that. Apparently, so here's the thing. With a lot of these Facebook, like these forums, um, in the good old days when people actually played, a lot of them were filled with like bullshit because it's basically like, I don't know, half or more of the people on these forums are just theory crafters and never actually play. <laughs> so yeah. you're actually getting like terrible advice relative to what you could get because these people never actually played the game. They're literally just saying, oh no, I read on this and the C statistics and whatever and they, they haven't tried it out. So you're like, why would you ever listen to them? Yeah, that's, now, why, you though, to, that's why you want to meet the people in person, like your gaming group and you're like, I know how good you are at this game. And they're like, yeah, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> Was a better opinion than you. They know their place. Yeah. They don't, uh, but they yeah, it's not just a bunch of BS. But here's the thing. The, the quality of, uh, what do you call it, of advice hasn't changed, but the quality, of, uh, uh, the quality of advice you can get has. So the quality of advice on the forums, I meant, hasn't changed. But yeah. there's no way to get better advice than the shitty <laughs> Shitty advice you get on forums. So yeah, just just at this point, just accept the shitty advice you get from people who've never played uh, anything or played two two or three games before the quarantine, or maybe they never even played a game and they've all they've done is watch YouTube videos and theorycraft it. Yeah. But if that's all the advice you can get, that's all the advice you can get. Or you have to go play them on tabletop simulator to gauge how good they are at the game before you're willing to get their one on one. Yo, know, man, the people on the forums don't play on tabletop simulator they probably just talk about playing on tabletop simulator just like they did just like they talked about playing uh before the quarantine 
don't get me wrong. Of course, there's some people that actually play and mm-hmm. go on tabletop simulator. I'm just saying the general quality is going to be down. Yeah, the people who like to talk will always just talk. Yeah, it's because their actual joy is just talking and, and about it, not actually playing it. So they don't actually know what's actually good. They've just perfected their rhetoric about how to talk about how what you should be doing. Okay, so the conclusion is just build something that looks cool. All right. Yeah, I'd say just build something that looks cool, looks cool, and find out when, when, you know, put it on your table. Love the look of your army, right? When you lay it all out there and, and and bask in its glory, take some pictures, put them on a Facebook group, get your 100 likes. And then after a week, when someone, I don't know, let's say your significant other is complaining, you got to pack it all up and, and put it away. And then uh, a week later, when you finish something else, you have an excuse to lay it all down again. You're like, no, but I just put this new thing. I got to put it on so I can really love it. Well, that makes me feel good about the train project because whenever I return to build more additional pieces beyond the walls and buildings, I can bring the whole thing back out and just add one tree. I'm like, oh yeah, this tree really. It, really it sells it, man. Look at it. It's so beautiful with this tree. That's the, honestly, like I said, that is one of the greatest joys of building your army is just laying it out there and basking, basking in the glory of it just like any piece of artwork. Yep. All right. Well, it might not be the best artwork, but it's the best that you could do. So, so just enjoy it. <laughs> you can kind of think about it. It's like the adult version of, like, Crayon putting box. the kids, the kids, like whatever shitty artwork or, or test putting, on your fridge. Putting up crayon drawings on the fridge. Yeah. Yep. It's the same kind of thing, except now you're a lot better. I hope. Yeah, you don't. You don't expect anyone else to enjoy, you know, your, your kids' uh, crayon drawings, mm-hmm. unless you're crazy. <laughs> it's just for you, right? And maybe for them, right? So now those two people are the same. It's just for you. Just enjoy it. Just look at it. Don't expect anyone else to enjoy it. But post it on Facebook just in case, because actually a lot of people do enjoy it. Um, and then do it for yourself. And hopefully you've gotten good at it too hopefully you'll get better right but to me like i said i've said many times before i know a lot of people are like oh the point is to get better fuck that no the point is to enjoy it right to me the journey is the journey and is is the thing and it's not even the journey is the thing it's just like living life being alive experiencing these things is the thing Mm-hmm. It can be a piece of shit, like look terribly and whatever, and you can enjoy it just by saying, yeah, this is me. This is, this is, I did that. I, I'm the one who was unable to paint those eyes and made them wonky. That was me. I made no. them totally different sizes. Yeah. Yes. And you know what? After looking at it for a little while, I kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You can get there, then you're going to enjoy uh, your hobby and technically probably anything you, that happens in your life. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a positive note to end on. <laughs> All right. Right back, to the, right back to the madness. Yeah. So if you have any other kind of uh, ideas on how to enjoy your hobby with the gaming aspect, or if you just want to share the stuff you've been doing, come and uh, hit us up. We'd love to see it. Yep. We do like seeing what other people are working on. Mm-hmm. Or just hear you talk about it as well. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> As long as you don't go on forever and ever, yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I think we're we're 
hobbied out on this topic. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, done. We're at the end. If you want to uh, reach out to us, you can find us on Facebook at Dice Over Everything. Uh, join our group at Dice Over Everything group, or you can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Yeah, and if you want to see what we're working on, you can go to diceovereverything.com. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye.